Hey guys, it's Tyler. It's just me today, no Hillary, so bear with me while we get through this one together. First and foremost, we always like to start out with a review, and so this one is from our guy Stu Nims. He's a active participant in the Behavior Change Collective parents group on Facebook, and just an awesome dude with some tremendous perspective and a great heart. So Stu says, fantastic podcast. If you want to be a better parent, this is a must listen. Couldn't say it better myself, my man, short and sweet, just like the podcast. Today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the body first and behavior second. This concept was brought to my attention mainly through the lens of our last one-on-one parent coaching sessions that we were doing with some friends and it became apparent when talking with them through their child's behavior that it wasn't necessarily anything they were doing wrong. They're fantastic parents. They care a ton about all their kids and this little one in particular was really struggling with some behavioral outbursts, some impulsivity, some aggression even, tantrums, and they just couldn't figure it out. And when we really started talking, it was more about what she was getting in the form of intake with food and sleep and and some other things that was really being a trigger for a lot of her behavior. And so that got me thinking about just starting a podcast and doing a podcast on this topic of really identifying what it is that's going into our kids before we even start talking about how we're going to handle their behavior. So this was one of the first things that I actually learned when I was in graduate school, learning about the science of behavioral analysis. And it's really the importance of eliminating any sort of biological variables before we address challenging behavior. If the body is not getting the energy or the fuel or the recovery it needs, the behaviors are naturally going to be affected. Another base principle of applied behavioral analysis is the practice of parsimony. Parsimony is the science of ruling out a simple explanation before diving deeper into more complex and complicated answers. So I use these two base principles nearly every time I work with a school or with a family when we're helping to change behavior in any kiddo. There are multiple biological variables that affect how we're feeling internally, and those internal states can definitely affect how our behavior then expresses to the rest of the world. Some of those variables might include how tired we are, how thirsty we are, how hungry we are, if we've used the bathroom lately, if we have a cold coming on, if we if our ear is hurting, which I'll be honest, my left ear is killing me lately, um, and other, any other internal pain that might be occurring that plays a huge impact on how then we present ourselves to the rest of the world. While some of these variables are out of our direct control, three of them occur multiple times a day and really move the needle the most when it comes to how we feel on the inside. Those three variables are food intake, water intake, and sleep. Now, it may seem like common sense that these three variables are things that we should be focusing on and really definitely focusing on making sure our children get. However, it's often the simple, the simplest things in our lives that we tend to overlook. While we all might be aware that food and water and sleep are necessary for survival, the amount 
and the type of which these resources are being met may not necessarily be common knowledge. Well, one thing that for sure is common knowledge is that everyone knows the dreaded state of hangry. Whether you're dealing with a toddler or your partner in crime. In case you were wondering, I actually just Googled this before jumping on to record today. And hangry is an actual word in the Merriam-Webster's dictionary. And the actual definition is to be bad-tempered or irritable as a result of hunger. So that's, that's pretty much spot on. Now, fortunately for me, Hillary isn't here to bash me for how frequently I display this behavior. But let's just say we always have a lot of snacks in the house and it's not just because of Callan. <laughs> but out of all seriousness, though, some of our most severe behavioral episodes as parents, especially involving our daughter Larkin, have come as a result of blood sugar crashes. And without diving too deep into the science behind nutrition and the body, blood sugar basically, or glucose, is the main sugar found in the blood. And the body gets glucose from the food we eat. And this sugar is an extremely important source of energy for our body as it provides nutrients to the body's organs, especially the brain and muscles and the nervous system. I think the brain actually uses the most glucose out of any organ in the body. Folks who might deal with hypoglycemia or diabetes in their family or themselves are really probably all too familiar with the mood-altering effects of low blood sugar, such as mood swings, irritability, and even violent outbursts, they can all be contributed to low blood sugar. But unless your child has diabetes or suffers from another biological condition caused by uncontrolled blood sugar drops, there are some very simple ways to manage these potential behavioral pitfalls. The first is to avoid eating only sugar or simple processed sugar type carbohydrates such as crackers, breads, and cookies. These types of foods will immediately spike the blood sugar to a level that the body cannot regulate and then will result in a corresponding crash. Some of the ways to mitigate this would be to also include foods that are very high in fiber, protein, and fat to help balance out those spikes. And these foods can include things such as fruits, vegetables, and nuts, seeds, and meats. Now, I can hear you actually yelling at me right now through your headphones like, Hey, Ty, of course, I know my kids should eat vegetables and meat, but they just won't. And I hear you. Trust me, I hear you on that. And we will definitely try to serve you guys and help by diving deeper and expand into picky eating diets down into future episodes. So just hang in there for me. Or if you absolutely can't, please just shoot me a direct message or an email over at behaviorchangecollective at gmail.com and we'll be more than happy to jump on a call to chat about it if that podcast doesn't get released in a timely fashion. But it's coming. While keeping a diet balanced is very important and it's a good box to check off when looking to stabilize behavior from the inside out, what and how much our kids drink can actually even play a bigger role. So according to the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, children uh, should be required to drink one cup or eight ounces of water for every one year of development, capping out at eight cups or eight years old and 64 ounces, which would then go on until you're an adult. 
If your child is involved in rigorous sports or physical activity, add another cup for every hour of activity. And that is on top of any other beverage your children may be drinking, like, like juices or milks or sodas with caffeine. If your kids are drinking caffeine, um, I would definitely encourage you to limit that. And if they are drinking that caffeine, you're going to want to increase the water by even another cup or so because caffeine is a dehydrating um, substance in the body. What happens when your children doesn't drink enough water? Well, young children and elderly people are at the greatest risk for dehydration and even greater risk for the side effects of dehydration, which can be pretty bad. Um, They can start simple like dry cracked lips, drowsiness or irritability, low energy levels and headaches, but then can, you know, drastically worsen from there. Based on just that quick list of simple dehydration, it can be easy to understand how important it is to drink your H2O. Now that we've crossed out the food and the drink, it's time to talk about sleep. This is a huge topic for both me personally and for any of my clients that I work with because there is absolutely no replacing quality sleep. When a body sleeps, it regenerates. So the more growth and development that the body and the brain are going through, the more sleep is actually required. And the guidelines from the National Sleep Institute recommend the following amounts of sleep. So for toddlers, 11 to 14 hours, preschoolers, 10 to 13 hours, school agers, uh, 9 to 11 hours, teens should be getting 8 to 10 hours, and then adults, 7 to 9 hours. So when sleep numbers drop Uh, an hour or two even below those recommendations the brain is not getting what it needs to to recharge and things such as hormone imbalance and cognitive functioning are drastically impaired we took a really deep dive into sleep hygiene and just sleep in general in episode 14 so this if this is a topic that speaks to you go back and give that one a listen in addition, we'll, we'll definitely be coming back and touching on this in future podcast topics when we're talking about how to get our kids to sleep and what are most effective ways to get that done. Now, I am not a sleep expert, but I, I'm a huge connoisseur of sleep. I am wearing my blue blocker glasses right now as I'm recording this podcast at you know 9.30 at night. And it's just something that it really pays to geek out on because of how important it is. Even just like I said, an hour or two of, of reduced sleep can even affect the brain in, in a way of like a 10 or a 15% traumatic brain injury some, some studies are even showing. So I can't stress on that one enough and we'll definitely come back to it. To give you guys a quick recap, before I personally start on any behavioral assessment or make any behavioral recommendations for my clients, I always will do my best to check off any of these biological variables that can be causing issues internally. Some of those issues could be hunger, thirst, illnesses, constipation, allergies, sleep, lack of physical activity, and the list does go on. But out of all of those, the three that I need to occur every day and can potentially be in our control as parents if we pay enough attention to them are water intake, one ounce per year up to the age of eight, proper food intake, try your hardest to manage that blood sugar spike with proper balanced diets and limiting those simple sugars, and then getting the right amount of sleep, which you know for most of our listeners, it seems is about nine to 11 hours for our school age kiddos. 
I hope this podcast maybe sheds a little bit of light into some biological factors that could be influencing your kiddo's behavior. And I think it also maybe can be a nice thing to keep in the back of your mind if you have a long weekend out or you have friends over and your kid is not necessarily acting as they typically should be the next day to maybe just give them a little bit of a pass. Now, it's not necessarily something that we want to see every day. We definitely know how routine can benefit a lot of these things, and that's one of my first recommendations usually for at least sleep and, and food is to get them built in with daily routines. But if your kid you know, has a crappy meal or you're on the go and you guys fall off routine, you know, don't, don't beat yourself up and definitely give your kid a little bit of leeway because these issues can definitely be attributed to internal variables and it has nothing to do with your parenting, your behavioral system, or how good of a kid your kid actually is. It could have just been that these biological variables were off. So I think that's maybe the, the biggest point of this podcast is to drive that piece home. If these things are falling off a little bit, just give everybody a little bit of a break. Focus on getting back on track the next day and reset. All right, guys, that's all I got for you today. I hope you took something at least from this one. If any of this resonated with you, please do us a huge, huge, huge favor. Leave us a review. That is how we're able to reach as many people as we possibly can. We'd love to read it here on the podcast. Drop us um, a direct message if there's a topic that you would like me to expand more on in the future. And if you're looking for a community on Facebook where you can feel supported by other parents in there that are going through some of the same stuff that you are, Behavior Change Collective Parents, just give us a search and we'll add you right away to that. And then if you have anything else in the, in the realm of needing individual coaching, you can shoot us an, an email at behaviorchangecollective at gmail.com. All right, guys, this is Tyler. I'm signing off for the night. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Take it easy.